guys welcome back to another episode of people's stories i'm your host priyanka ocha thank you so much for joining us i truly hope you'll enjoy this beautiful story and take away some genuinely brilliant insights with you once again a heartfelt thank you for being here stay tuned and let the magic unfold Are you ready to unlock the secrets of the revolutionary web3 space? Welcome to People's Stories where we will take you on a thrilling journey of exploration and transition into the captivating world of web3 marketing. I'm your host and today we have an extraordinary episode in store for you. Get ready to be enthralled as we dive into the incredible life of Deeksha, a true trailblazer. who fearlessly pivoted through diverse professions to find her calling in the web3 space from her passion for tech startup and venture capital that led her to bolin to becoming a marketing lead in the web3 industry her story will ignite your curiosity and spark inspiration but that's not all this episode is packed with valuable insights and takeaways for anyone looking to make a smooth transition into the web3 world from understanding the technical aspects to leveraging the power of storytelling deeksha shares her wisdom to help you navigate this exciting realm in this episode you will explore the concept of web3 and its potential to reshape industries offering new opportunities for growth and innovation You will learn how to unleash your potential from Deeksha's fearless career pivots and gain the courage to follow your passions in the web3 space. You'll discover the power of positive mindset and how it can propel your personal and professional growth. And finally, gain practical advice on making a smooth transition into the web3 industry, equipped with the knowledge and tools to thrive. Get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and empowered as we embark on this exhilarating adventure together don't miss this extraordinary episode that holds the key to your success in the dynamic world of web3 marketing fasten your seat belts and let's dive into the future together a very very warm welcome deeksha thank you so much for joining us today uh thanks priyanka Um so let's let's talk about you so i mean before we unravel the mysteries of you know like web3 and marketing and everything else uh can you talk a little bit about your background so basically what ignited your passion to do what you are doing right now yeah okay that's that's a long story uh <laughs> because i've changed like uh my focus areas in my profession I think three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think start... that's like a norm, right? I mean, I've I've heard so many. I've I've basically met so many people in the last few days mm-hmm. who have like pivoted multiple times. And actually, I was in a conference very recently where they also said that if you if you are looking at being like one particular professional for for a long time, like that's not going to like that's not going to exist anymore. So. I think that's like the norm now. <laughs> okay, so I'm on the right track then. <laughs> yeah. So, um I started actually as a journalist in India. I grew up in India and I started as a journalist in India. That was like my first job. I studied journalism after studying economics and uh for 6 7 years I was a full-time journalist. Then I realized uh that this is probably not something that i want to do my entire life um maybe i want to do it but i still want to do it on the side not full time and then i moved to communications and marketing uh in the education space but still i had this bug of you know writing about startups and writing about tech and writing about a venture capital private equity the investor space so i kept writing a blog on the side for a very long time and that led to a lot of opportunities and one of them was uh you know the job that i got in berlin in 2017 so i was i came here and i came from india for this job um it did not last for too long uh because it was not like a very good culture fit and but i'm very glad that happened to me because um when i was out of that job in berlin i was like a fish in a pond you know like it was 
it 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 just felt like home in 2018 and berlin was also very different in 2018 so really? <laughs> <laughs> yes totally i think it was uh the vibe sort of was uh more on the creative side you know c- communities i mean you still have them but you also now have a lot of tech experts but i think as far as i remember uh during 2018 2019 i really spent time doing everything i wanted to do uh as a consultant as a freelancer in berlin and i really expo- explored so many things did things i was very fearful of, fearful of and um then eventually i took my job with the berlin senate uh to be to lead their marketing for a project called asia berlin i did that for 3 years and uh, still i was doing <laughs> on the side <laughs> some you know ex- i was exploring like the web3 space and what's happening in uh, uh like how the internet is sort of uh what's the evolution of internet like what happens after this and i was studying this and i was doing a podcast on the side so earlier i was doing a blog on the side and this time i was doing a podcast on the side so, so this I was, was like, like 2018 right yeah so uh, the podcast i started no around 2020 uh with with ocean protocol one of the uh, blockchain companies projects in berlin and then i got really deep into this space i started reading more and more and very recently i decided that this is something really i want to do full time and i want to be dedicated to only web3 uh marketing and and so i think since two months now i have been or three months i have been only into this space and i launched my podcast in web3 a web3 quest um that's how we you know you also reached out to me so yeah so this is my journey so it's journalist marketing podcaster content creator but yeah the founding I mean, <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i would i would basically like from my perspective you are like a content creator and just the modes were different you know like earlier you were writing then you were podcasting you were podcasting now and so i think there's like this whole storytelling aspect which is like super common throughout right and and that's something you enjoy yes i love it i totally love it i i think like when people ask me i say that i try to make uh, difficult things very simple and and try to say that you know and i ask all the questions on your behalf so that's why also i was nervous when you called because i'm very good at asking questions i don't know how i am at like uh, all this answering i'm doing right now but yeah let's see <laughs> let's see yeah okay well, actually i was again i i was hearing like this somewhere in a in an interview this is indira noi who was doing the who was basically the guest in the interview and she as one of the um, skills that you should have basically she was saying that you know you should be a person who people reach out to for um for anything basically so if 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 people see you as somebody who will just get thing done um you know like irrespective of what it is you are basically like one of the killer professionals uh, and i think you are also on that journey so a lot yeah. of things are taking the boxes <laughs> hope so <laughs> um so uh, before we again before, before we get into web3 because we're talking about this very technical stuff and i i'm sure a lot of people are curious about okay, what web3 is um where are you from where are you from from india yeah so i grew up in uh so let's say most of my life was in delhi but my father was in a transferable job he was with the state bank of india so we were into different cities uh, i also spent some time in chandigarh but mostly my schooling and education and uh, work everything was in india was it was in delhi before coming to berlin so mm. and what kind of kid were you like were you the naughty person or the serious kind oh oh god okay <laughs> i think i'm still the same uh in many aspects i was very much a in the bubble kind of a child i was very unhappy if my mother called guests before my exam or i my reading or uh, you know there was too much noise around or i couldn't do things that i really wanted to do and uh, 
and I think some of those qualities really still I have inherited. I really like to be alone um, a lot. I mean, a lot of people think I'm an ex- I'm an extrovert when they meet me in events or when they listen to my podcast or they meet me probably in a party. But I'm I'm like inherently like I get my energy by being alone and and spending time time with my thoughts. I really love doing that and as a child also I think I did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so like again, like this thing is coming to my mind. So because you are into content creation and and you are mm-hmm. like presenting yourself in a lot of places, you know. My impression is that typically this is like difficult for introverts to do and you yeah. are identifying yourself as an introvert. So I think you don't agree with the statement then, right? <laughs> no, I think you can still be an introvert, right? So uh, public speaking or having good conversations. Um, so I, I think how I describe introvert and extrovert is that people who are introvert get most of their energy or uh, inspiration or motivation to do things when they are on their own, Okay. And people who are extroverts usually get their inspiration and energy and motivation uh, when they when they are really out there. Uh, so those are like extroverts, and um, I, but that's that's my definition. And then of course there can be like different combinations. And introverts can still be very good at um, you know public speaking or participating or having good mannerism, <laughs> social social skills and everything. So I was uh, I was a public speaker, I think, from a very young age. My mother is, in, is an English teacher, so uh, she really trained me very well to uh, speak in public. And that was, I think that skill has really helped me a lot throughout. And write well and speak well. So I started participating in debates when I was 12, 13 years old. Mm, in school. Yes, yeah. in school. Yeah, and and that's a very good skill to have, you know, like public yeah. speaking. I think that's like super important. And so everybody who's listening, like all the listeners. So this myth is broken that if you are <laughs> and if you associate yourself to being an introvert, you cannot be a public speaker. Like that's absolutely not true. <laughs> in my case. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe yeah. you are an exception, like who knows? <laughs> oh, it's good, but I know, but even a lot of my friends are like that. So yeah. So, so, so okay, it. validated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. So now let's let's understand. Like, so basically, for our listeners who may not be familiar with the concept of you know what Web three is, how would you describe it in super layman terms? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it very very simple, right? So um, I think to understand Web three, it's also important to understand what is Web one and Web two, and then you can like sort of always compare it. So Web one, I think, is like pre two thousand five, before the uh, internet bubble, right? Uh, that is when websites, what you saw, right, the World Wide Web, these websites were static; you could not interact with them. Uh, but you could just read information on pages like Wikipedia, etc. So that's Web One, static, non-interactive. Then sort of came like this era of Web Two, that is Internet, when um, the users like you and me could interact with websites. Different websites could also interact with each other with integrations, and uh, we call it like interoperability. Uh, is, so in Web2, it's possible, you know, being interoperable, uh, like talking with different websites, talking to each other, users talking to these websites. And then we started generating lots and lots and lots of content for the Internet, like you and I are doing right now. And now you will publish this podcast on Spotify. It will go on YouTube. It will go on all these different channels. That's what you'll do in Web2. And then you will get someone, I mean, when your channel is like super big and you have uh, say in on YouTube you need I think 1000 subscribers and 10,000 hours of watching something like that you're going to get uh, revenue and you're going to they're going to pay you for your content but that's going to come like at a very later stage when and then also you'll have a very small percentage so you really don't own any of this data that you are generating it's owned by the fang like the top uh 
you know, tech companies, and it's really centralized. Now, what Web3 is saying is that it's going to create a decentralized web where no central companies are going to own this data. And this tech is going to be on a technology called blockchain. So, for example, uh, there is right now also you have some decentralized social media like called Lens Protocol, where suppose when I am putting my podcast, even though I don't have a lot of followers there, somebody can um, collect my episode, somebody can uh, sort of, uh, so that's really owned by me. It's on blockchain. And uh, so if somebody is... um, it, it can be collected as an NFT. I can get paid for it when the views are like very high and the companies and somebody is generating profit. But basically, I think the underline is that you have control over your data and it's sort of like a free internet, you can say, is, is what Web3 is. But it's at a very premature stage. And I can go and on and on about this. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm just yeah. thinking like so many things that, that are immediately coming to my mind. But, yeah. but let's like, let's tackle the elephant in the room. Like, do you see this as a um, secure place? I think so. I mean, we are too early, right? So was the internet secure in early 2000 mid 2000 um so it's it's we are still building the tech right and i of course it's not secure for anybody who is not aware or so security i think is in aspects where people are putting too much so cryptocurrency is like a use case of web3 right it's not really Web3. Like people think crypto and trading is all Web3, like people outside. But so cryptocurrencies are really just a use case of Web3. So of course, if you're a trader, then it's not like super secure and you're not aware of what are the, uh, you know, implications of investing uh, through a centralized exchange and tomorrow, you know, it's a scam and everything. And the tech side also, of course, is just evolving. So I think if you are educated, Yes, but after 15, 20 years, I think we'll be at the same stage like internet. We won't even know how Web3 works, you know? Like, do you know how internet works? Like, Not necessarily. I, I don't think everybody knows how it works, but everybody uses it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so that's what we are aiming for, right? Yeah. In, in Web3 at this point. Yeah, okay. And so you are a marketeer for, let's say, Web3, you know, I mean, you're you're basically creating content around it and trying to make people more aware about Web3, like that's the online, right? Yeah. So, I mean, tell about your, tell us about, you know, how does your work day and how does your life look like and what are the challenges that you are facing? Like, what are you working on? <laughs> yeah. So I think I knew this before getting into Web3 <laughs> and I studied it very well. Uh, you know, I observed for from quite for quite some time before uh, know, knowing that I really want to be in Web three, so I think first of all Web three and Web two, I think the company culture and the way teams work and how generally the entire mindset of people is is very different. And um, let's say even marketing is very different in like Web two and and Web three. So um, I think in traditional marketing, what we did in Web2 companies, it's all about, okay, uh, there's a marketing head, makes like a strategy, then the team implements it, then you have like paid marketing channels, you have this and you have 10 campaigns and, and it's done. The strategy comes from the top, the CEO, and then you implement it, right? But in Web3, the community part of it has a very, very huge voice. And that's really the essence of Web3. And do you think it's more like, I don't know, like from, is it more like Web2 was more push kind of marketing and Web3 is more pull kind of marketing? Because, I mean, it's all community, right? It's all not decentralized. Yeah, I think, I don't think it's pull kind of marketing, but it's definitely an area where the community has a lot of voice. So, and and also Web3 communities are very vocal. 
So you cannot just do things that the communities don't like. So let's take an example of influencer campaigns, you know, which you would do in Web2. And uh, it's it's like a very common thing that you do for your products. But I think in Web3, the communities are so vocal. And if you pick up any top influencer that the community feels is not somebody who's using that tech or is a believer in that tech, they they will call out on you. Your Twitter timeline will be like full of uh, this, uh, you know, kind of comments from the community. And then usually you listen you listen to these kind of things. So you are very driven by this. And uh, also, like I would say, paid uh, stuff doesn't work so much in Web3. It's usually outreach through different communities. You have to be really out there. Uh, you cannot have a very centralized plan. You see it also in company culture. Uh, nobody is really, most teams are very remote, Um uh, you have to be very curious uh, and also very hectic, actually. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Life is very hectic in Web3. So It's like because, because things are like constantly evolving. Is that the reason? I think we are just very noisy industry, you know, <laughs> and, and we are on Twitter all the time. So especially in marketing, it's uh, trends are changing fast. Um, people are talking a lot. We are uh, so so I think. Twitter is the the strongest channel for Web three marketing. Like, mm. if, so when you say marketing, like, what will you what will you basically market? Like, are you going to market the concept? Like, because I mean, you're saying the the community is like the most important thing, and you know, like yeah. they are themselves driving it. So, um, how would a marketing strategy look like? <laughs> so let's say I'm doing a marketing strategy for a Web three product, right? Um, so also like there's this culture of building in public, right? And you will see many telegram groups, um, in web three where CEOs have proper community calls with people and tell them the community. So you, so I'm a web three project. Suppose Priyanka is, I have a web three project, say web three quest. Okay. That's my podcast. And, um, you are a community member and I will come. It's just an example. I'm not doing it right now, but yeah, so I'm just referring it as a web, as a, a project. So I say that, okay, my community is there and I'm going to do this community call every month. And I'm going to ask my listeners uh, that what is it? What is the guest that they want next on this podcast? And then they will do like a voting and I say that this is not my decision. This is the decision of my listeners. And uh, you can vote through, like, of course, your tokens or any kind of thing and tell me that who is uh, who is the next guest or even things like, should we be on video or not? Do you even want me to host this podcast? Like, I'm not the CEO of this show anymore. Maybe they say somebody from the community should do like the next podcast episode maybe you don't need to do it so actually a good example of this is uh, the guest i'm interviewing for i'm releasing it tomorrow um uh, podcast um you know i interviewed uh, diana shen she is running a similar model uh for a podcast it's like a web3 podcast it's called rehash and she has a podcast dao uh, which is actually completely run by the community her podcast and it can ask, so she really has to, she has no say in terms of who's her next uh, guest. And I is, mean, yeah. that sounds like, it sounds uh, interesting and scary both at the same time. <laughs> so, but it's cool, right? I think by the end of it, your goal um, is to create something that lives even when you want to be out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like you're getting live feedback, you know, like yeah. you're, you're, there's a live engagement uh, with whatever content you're creating. I think that's like the the best scenario for a content creator, you know, like if you can get a community where people are like super engaged in your content and, and they are deciding what you, what they want to listen to. Definitely. I think for content creators, Web3 is really, really the way. And um, it's really going to make this 
it's it's going to really revolutionize the way we create content but it's going to take time yeah so it looks like a very democratic way to do things you know like we're trying <laughs> but still it's it's not that <laughs> democratic right now because what if you have only five voters who know each other and are voting for a like something to happen right so there are still and there are mechanisms and technologies and you know all these things governance as we call it to figure this out but it's chaotic and you know i don't know who i met recently said like the chaos is the usp of web3 you know i can imagine <laughs> so let it yeah. be chaotic yeah yeah it's so nice like the way you look at your work is okay chaos is normal you know <laughs> like that just basically changes the whole perspective and you're like okay whatever <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so um like how would your typical work day look like what what happens in the morning then how does it transition over yeah so right now i'm a consultant so it's pretty packed and it's quite intense i'm uh, devoting some of my time to one um accelerator program in the ai and web3 space so that takes like 50 to 60% of my time then i also produce another podcast called web3 unlocked um that's uh hosted by kenzi wang he is um um also a founder from silicon valley and then i have my own podcast that's web3 quest so what i do is like i just get up uh drink lots of water <laughs> <laughs> super important <laughs> you know then sometimes i go for my yoga straight away in the morning um and then i'm very happy the day i do that you know so it's just out of the way and i come and 9 to uh, let's say 10 to 1 or 2 i i spend time on one project um helping with them with their marketing strategy wherever they need help implementing the marketing strategy now marketing strategy is also very wide you know when you are a consultant you can be doing anything from website to newsletters to organizing a hackathon to uh helping basically the team help uh, that needs anything podcast marketing i'm sort of more i've been doing it for 3 years so i'm like like that's easy for me so that is <laughs> something i do and then i try to take out time for my pod- own podcast and stuff like this on fridays and i stopped working on the weekends one year ago and it has been a great decision so <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean you have to have time for your personal stuff right and so basically when you say you stopped working for for on the weekends like does that include your own podcast as well or yeah i don't do anything um mm. so i don't do anything for my own podcast also and i think it's been sort of a good decision because you know when i was in india um i think my standards of uh work timings was so um i i realized that the number of hours you are working has nothing to do with product productivity after coming to germany so uh because i realized that even if you are working like from morning to say midnight it doesn't mean that you're going to get more work done it's better to just do like a few focused hours and have time boxes and i have really really i, I still struggle with it but you know i really work very hard <laughs> on the productivity aspect and i really want to be a person who's so efficient um and undistracted in, in and have like four five hours of deep work and is able to get done a lot and it's improved but it can improve more yeah so and I you feel so yeah I I totally agree with you and and when you do like focused work because I mean you know like you can you can drag along something that you have to do you yes. know like from the morning up until afternoon okay I'll do yeah. it I'll do it I'll research I'll do this that but then when you if you actually like say okay I'm going to give this one hour and whatever happens in the one hour that's the final work because I mean most of our work is also not like there's no there's no perfect work you know like you can you can work on the quality as much as you want so i think you should always come with a come up with like a mvp version of your work yes, and yes for sure yeah and try to 
yeah, box it there because I mean, you can just keep dragging and then it takes a lot of your mental space and you know, sure. like, yeah. yeah. But Deeksha, so a few more things that are, I'm very, very curious about. So the first thing is that you say that you are doing marketing um, for a super technical, you know, like a new thing here in Germany. Do you see language as being um, a barrier? Oh God, you've just like addressed this very sensitive <laughs> you know so I think my problem or I don't know whether it's like a blessing or I think a curse I don't know what it is that I got into Germany I got a job in marketing without knowing German and I don't think that happens with a lot of people who come from India have their first job in a non-tech space doing this and and then I think after that, what happened was that I kept getting op- more and more opportunities where sort of German was not necessary. And I don't know whether this was luck or I was just attracting it towards myself that I never even um, tried as hard that I should mm-hmm. have, you know, to learn but do German. But do you think you are an exception? or Like, how do you see the industry, like the industry in general? Yeah, I think Web3, crypto will not require maybe German uh, and maybe there are just one or two German companies that want you to learn it. But most of the startups or most of the companies are in in crypto are global. Uh, They want to be global and uh, just Germany is not their audience. And for them, English is really the working language. So it doesn't work. So it's not so complicated, but if you have to apply in big companies like SAP, Siemens, or any big corporate that's having like a Web3 arm, then I think they really want you to learn. Uh, they want you to be commun- to communicate in, in German because that then you will have a lot of employees who do that. You yeah, know, exactly. Colleagues. I mean, yeah. to talk to your colleagues and, and, you know, just generally spread the message and For those sure. kind of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are the, like, how do you see this space? So you are a marketeer who is working in Web3 space, but I'm sure that this is like a bigger umbrella, right? And you have like a lot of professions that anybody can get into. So what yeah. are like some, the top professions that you are thinking and how do you see like the evolution, you know, of this happening? So I think the biggest pain point right now is to get more developers to Web3. Um, and... Uh, Obviously, you need developers to build the tech, right? So even as a marketer, that's always your target audience uh, to build, to have more developers. And that's why we do so many hackathons in Web3 because we want more developers. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, um, okay, so there's there's one more thing that I'm, again, uh, very curious about. So there are, Hmm. for example, there are many young graduates and professionals that would be intrigued, Hmm. you know, by the possibility of Web3 and, you know, changing the world. Yeah. um, But they might feel overwhelmed because, I mean, we are not sure, like, what skills are required to excel in this space? Like, what you're, like, from your experience, what have you seen? Like, what are the key skills that somebody Um, should have, like, technical and soft skills to actually thrive in web3 industry yeah i think the most important thing is to actually believe in it because if you don't believe in it it's like i don't know whether it's a skill but it's like really a belief you know and i also gave myself a lot of time to understand web3 completely and there are many people who come into web3 and then leave it and they're like oh my god it sucks i can't do this and why would you say like why would they leave what what's the i reason? think it's intense right like it's intense it's not uh, easy. It's an industry of believers where a lot of things are still not super structured or uh, you don't know the answers. Like, um, do you want to work in a space where you don't know the answers? There are no, um, uh, what do you, like, you can't say that, oh, this worked. So now I can do this for my project. Uh, you know, even in marketing, when you, we got in, like, uh, there are so many, OG marketers in Web3, you know, and they say that they, when they got into it, there was really nothing that could work because how things were happening in Web2 were so different in terms of marketing and how things happen in Web3 
is so different because you just identify in the community what's growing and then you sort of push that you give fuel to it rather than controlling it yourself so um so 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 that's the kind of thing like it's not for everybody so in terms of skills you know you asked me i think first most and most important is to um have belief and for that you need to watch some videos read the bitcoin white paper um you know try to get it whether your ideologies really match with it or not do you want a bankless society or not do you believe in self custody of your assets or not mm. like what is the space where you can start like do you do you have some certain i don't know resources in mind yeah, yeah for can... sure so uh, there is the bitcoin white paper there's my podcast web3 quest you know that's also a good space to start because i try to make it very beginner friendly um so uh, it's it's a good space to at least understand the how how the industry is different you know then there is uh, this uh, youtube channel called whiteboard crypto it's very good there is uh, crypto casey she's a youtube um sort of influencer there is bankless podcast and there are like too many things like there is enough and i think you really need to spend a lot of time on twitter to also understand how how it is so these are good spaces so i think in in terms of skill like even if you are not a tech person which i am not like um i can't answer very very technical questions about web3 but i know the fundamentals of the industry you know and i know what's what are the trends i understand the basic uh things that are happening i know at least how to work with tech people which a lot of people in web2 don't know you really need to understand how to work in cross functional teams mm okay okay yeah. that's a very tangible skill right yeah yeah so that's yeah. there but then you, so of course the first is developers then i think there is product managers design is a big skill in web3 uh ux is very very bad <laughs> in web3 right now like if i give you probably i don't know if you've ever had like a crypto wallet but um apart from centralized wallets is it's also not very simple or easy for people to understand they're scared of owning crypto they're scared of having a wallet address which is like so complicated uh so i and i think these all are professions that you can still uh have and in web3 it's not very easy to get your first gig right so nobody is going to give you your first full time job right now the industry is old enough to demand people who have some web3 experience is at least what i understand uh so it's always good to start with some side project you know to understand or intern or contribute to a community um or or like a dao or any kind of these things and then you can you can build your skills it can even take one year and then you are start applying for jobs yeah 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 okay i mean okay listening to everything that you said i yeah. would basically title this podcast chaos is the new calm <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can do that <laughs> it it sounds like again like because this is at a very nascent stage as well right as you already mentioned in the beginning so i think you have to be okay with a lot of uncertainty you have to be okay with yeah and uh, if that is something and 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 i see this as a as a place of huge potential because i mean i think we are moving in that direction yeah so i think uh, definitely somebody who wants to kind of you know like pursue let's say uh, a career in web3 like as as you've mentioned there are many places where you can start getting your uh, basics right and then of course you can figure out you know how how you want to go ahead and so um diksha i want to i want you to also um you know like talk about a latest um moment where you felt like oh my god you know like this is such an amazing thing that i did <laughs> what was that yeah. oh god Yeah so i think what happens is that in your professional life um some things are very good when they happen right 
and then you reach your peak at something and then you cannot really uh but it's a very safe space and you cannot you know you cannot grow beyond that but you also know that if you leave it's going to be not a very comfortable uh situation right so i think whenever i have taken these decisions to leave comfortable situations to give me the space to grow i have felt very good about it and um i think that i don't know i should get it tested or something <laughs> but as long as the situation is challenging i am very happy but as long as i get very comfortable in it i think i get a little restless that what is next so i reached my journalism career at a point where i could just have 2 3 hours uh 4 hours of work and it was easy for me to get a story because you develop good sources you have connections and your work is not so complicated after a point you have if you have written 500 stories um of course it's a new challenge every day but it's the same kind of work that you're doing still and so i think that was the time i decided that i have to get out of it and the same happened when i was into uh similar situations um and and i think recently yeah i i did take a step right so i did change and i did and i said okay now it's time that i should have my own podcast i should go back um and you know try to find a project that i'm very uh interested in and try to do things that i'm into so yeah let's say my moment would would be recent <laughs> mm-hmm. okay and has yeah. there been has there been a um a decision that you regret right now no not really i don't believe in regrets uh, so much i have taken bad decisions of course we all have taken a lot of bad decisions in life i don't know any person who hasn't taken a bad decision but i think that whatever i am today is also because of those bad decisions and even when something bad happens now i'm always thinking that what is the growth out of this uh because every every you know you take a bad decision and then you suffer right so that's what happens but at the end of every suffering uh there is a gift but i don't think a lot of people know how to take that gift mm, like that how do you enlighten enlighten us a little more i think you have to just ask yourself what can i take out of this situation right So you just asked me a question uh on this podcast which I hope you will cut uh, <laughs> you know and I didn't know the answer to it right but now I at least know that oh I'm so glad those are two ways to look at it I'm so glad that Priyanka asked me this question because now I know I have to be very well prepared for it for the next time or oh my god priyanka asked me this question maybe i shouldn't have gone on this podcast it was such a bad decision i shouldn't have done that and now i made a fo- you know so i mean there are always these two things that you can look at uh, and it's all obviously a lot of self work i read a lot i follow a lot of um it's it's been a lot of work i used to be a negative person not anymore please tell me like what's your source <laughs> like who are you reading because i mean i think there's inherently so much negativity around you know like that's yeah, the yeah. news <laughs> so i think in 2015 um i lost uh everything from money job um my father and like a very in important relationship and a book deal that i had right and and i think that's the point that when you lose everything it gives you sort of a time to question that okay why does this happen and and what are you going to do when uh what is your learning out of this so that's that was like my suffering phase for almost a year and that's the time when i started reading a lot of things about positivity spirituality uh trying to make something good out of difficult situations and i think by the end of it it's all changing your mindset hmm 
Mm. And yeah, it's a, it's a game of perspective. Yeah, right? yeah, it's 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 like changing your mindset, right? And if you learn that skill, it's really, really, really going to help you. So I really listened to this, um, uh, you know, author called uh, he's no more, unfortunately, Van Dyer. His his audio and books and all this is very good. That's like my go to source the day I'm feeling. Oh God, what now? And um, then, of course, there are the uh, there is the Bhagavad Gita, as we all know, right? And uh, then also, I surrounded myself with a lot of positive people. So I cut out everything that was negative in my life, and uh, and it's okay because you need to do that. You need to be with people who are really uh, because we are a combination of the five closest friends that we have. You've heard this, right? <laughs> so uh, I think after, I think every year or every two years, we need to question ourselves that luckily I have, uh, you know, at, at least like two, three, four of these friends that are so close. And um, I don't think a lot of people have those kind of friendships. So or even the relationship that I have with my mother is like, she's a very positive person. So, so it's like, I think I surrounded myself with this. I made a lot of changes to be like a positive person from not thinking like the bad things uh, about the bad outcomes. So, yeah. I mean, like, I know that it's easier to, you know, like talk about, um, something bad that's happened to you like after you've you've been over it you know like after a f- time has passed and you've you've been able to kind of cut yourself from that from that um action but i mean how would you like i basically want to kind of touch over the over the part where let's say something bad has happened to you at this point of time like not not to you, like, I hope nothing bad happens to you, but basically for to somebody, something bad happens to somebody and they are in that situation at that point of time, you know, like, what is the advice that you would give to them at that time to be able to handle mm, it better? I think that, first of all, people in those situations don't want advice from anybody, I think. I think when you're suffering, you do not want advice. Uh, and at least that, that was my, um, I think I've wanted advice only from people I trusted so deeply, (laughs) you know, and that I could share with, but, but I think my answer is always to go within and you will find that answer within and for some people like for me it was through um introspection asking myself why is this happening listening and reading a lot i think reading is so underrated it's so underrated especially with gen z and this new generation (laughs) again now i sound old but like i generally feel like with so much tech and with like the childhood i had with uh, you know, my mother always forcing me to read a book and uh, asking us to find answers in, in books and uh, these kind of things. These are so missing today that people are not looking at those outlets. Um, so my advice, um, I think it's not for a situation when you are in, uh, you know, in a, in a, when you are suffering, because then you will do eventually what you want to do. No advice will help you. But you can create yourself an environment that when you are in that situation, which I probably had 50% and 50% did not. So how you can make yourself equipped is that, first of all, you need to have a very good support system. Um, to And when I say you don't need a support system, you don't need like 20 friends. You need like this one very trustworthy uh, person, two or maybe three, that you know, you know that you will go when life is very, very tough and they are going to help you. And the second is that you need to start this journey of, uh, I don't know whether I should call it spirituality, but awakening or understanding beyond, uh, like knowledge. Yeah. Like give yourself knowledge of, you know, how the, 
this energy and universe works. I don't want to sound very voodoo, you know, here, <laughs> but like I really feel that uh, this whole thing of positivity and it's like so overdone by some coaches, uh, especially in in the Western uh, part of where we are, that it sounds like very preachy. But actually, the truth is that your thoughts become things. And when you have a negative thought, you have like 30 seconds to change it. And you should do it right away. And uh, this, this really helps and also meditating. And these are the, you know, different tools that you can already equip yourself into when you go into that situation. Because in that situation, you will not know. Um, I can give advice, but people will do whatever they want to do. Whatever their background, whatever habits they have formed, they are going to do them. If, if it's alcohol, they'll go for alcohol. You giving advice will not help. So, but I mean, I think you've already given like a very wonderful advice, you know, because I feel like um, whatever situation somebody is in, they can always build that. So like, as you're saying, support system, they can always work on building a support system, you know, like they can always work on building on, on trying to understand, like going within and, and, and introspecting and trying to understand what is it that they are wanting from life and and things like that. So I think. In general, it's like, it's like a very good advice. But of course, I mean, uh, everybody deals with stress in a different way. And uh, I think we are getting into uh, this topic that I'm like super interested about as well. Same. I think this is going to take like another hour of same, talking, same. you know. Yeah. So then just, just the last thing that I want to close this call on is you have seen like a lot of spaces, right? You've seen marketing in India, you've seen journalism, you've seen marketing in, in Europe, in Berlin. And now you are getting into, you are already working into this this super unique space and niche area. Um, how do you, like, what's your definition of being successful and being peaceful, you know, like being at peace? And do you see yourself like that? Like, do you see yourself there? Yes, I think definitely so. Um, I think a lot about this, actually, Priyanka, that what's my definition of success? And I think with every phase, it has changed. And now it becomes more and more um, important to define it. Also, you know, I talk about it a lot with my husband now because uh, I got married last year and it's... Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I think when you are together, then really your definition of success needs to sort of align in terms of how you see your lives. I think when I was in India and I was a journalist, my definition of success was very materialistic. Um, and it was very driven by what society thinks of me when at the things I own, uh, and what people think of me. And I think that Germany or being in Europe helped me with sort of being more grounded, definitely. And now when I have, I see a sort of lot of hustle culture in, in, in you know uh, the different professions now my definition of success definitely goes uh to have a, a life which is rich in my terms and definitions and it's nothing to do with how materialistic it is i don't think i want to be top 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 of anything and that's how always I used to define myself earlier that oh I'm going to be the best journalist business journalist and I'm going to be the this like top hundred marketing people and no I don't look at it like that anymore I think one step at a time I just want to create good things better than how they were last time of uh, how they were previously um, you know the next interview I give I just want it to be better than this and the next podcast I record for myself I need it to be better than what it was and I think I will be successful if I am living close to nature I am doing the work I love every day I am working um, like at least like at least the aspect of money I feel is not a driver 
in the projects I choose, right? Mm-hmm. So difficult so that's my rich life where i am not deciding uh that oh i'm going to do this because this gives me more money uh i i think i'm going to do this i have enough that i'm going to and yeah i mean i don't want to be one of those founders entrepreneurs that work from morning till midnight also i think also that's something that has changed in my outlook um because you know you are a content creator yourself and you know like there are many people who are full time content creators i don't know if you want to be a full time content creator someday but uh, i think this is also an aspiration that some of us have right so either you can be a very busy full time content creator that doesn't have time or you choose to be a full uh, full time content creator who can live life on their own terms so i think i'm like in the second sort of category I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I feel like this is like uh yeah, I mean definitely like uh, from a lot of aspects I think um this is also something that I am personally also aiming for. Um so I think and and I mean to be honest like at the end of the day it's it's what makes you happy. So I feel like we should stop judging ourselves with you know like okay this if if I want this and I'm not a nice person I mean yeah. it's okay like if money is a driver for you it is a driver for you like you cannot oh, sure. really do anything about it um and and, and it has important. to do a lot Sorry. with I need to really add this by the way money is very important right yeah, yeah. It, you will realize it's important when you don't have it because I've been there so <laughs> it's very important and that's why I said that the rich life is actually that rich life when you are not choosing things because you want money because then it already means that you have enough to not choose that right to, yeah exactly to have like a comfortable a comfortable yes. life so i mean yeah that's the thing so try to like i feel like at that time when money is not like the deciding factor you can focus on that those aspects that okay is it giving me happiness is it giving me you know like what i want but like let's say if somebody is not there um i don't i feel like you are i mean you have to be at a privileged place to be able to think like that you know um and and yeah i mean as you say like your definition will constantly evolve your definition your parameters will constantly evolve you know which stage of life you are in right now and for example right now social media like the number of followers you have has also become a parameter now like how many views sure. you are getting yeah. and i mean because it's ah okay because i have you and now i'll be selfish you know like because <laughs> i'm also creating podcast and, and yeah. of course i want like this to reach out to to the people i really want this to benefit from so i mean people young professionals and people who are really looking forward to you know exploring and trying to understand what works for them what doesn't um do you have any advice like what what is what are the ways that you know like as a podcaster what are the social ways you can social media uh, like how can you grow your social media mm-hmm. that okay yeah this is what i do for a living right so sure i have a <laughs> lot of advice for you <laughs> so i think specifically in your case you are asking or just like for like content creators and I mean uh I think both are fine like I'm also creating content so um, yeah so I don't think I, I mean, do it myself enough uh, first of all because I do I'm busy doing it for like my clients but I think what imp- so you will get this answer like everywhere it's consistency right you for anything to grow for, on social media to grow in the long term you have to be very consistent uh with it and there are so many cases where people were tweeting or let's say even linkedin they were writing their posts for like a year you know and they were getting 2 3 likes and then they don't know what happened after one year that one of their posts sort of became very successful and then they started getting more and more followers and and this happened so don't get discouraged i think this is what the thing is not every tweet you do uh, or every post you do is going to get you like uh, we just keep looking at how many views we have and how many likes we have and that's not the way to judge it the way to judge it is like you just keep putting stuff out there 
and some people struggle with what are the uh, things they should talk about on social media right i think the biggest thing that works very well is uh your own story or building in public that people can relate to so let's say in your example it can be how you grew this podcast right have you ever shared that story on linkedin i'm sure you must have but no but yeah that is that could be a starting point for you right because i'm sure there are or why did you start a podcast or you know a story that oh i really wanted to but it took me like one year to start a podcast or um, i mean like my book story is such a you know there are so many learnings out of it like how what's, i what what's what's the book what what can people how can people find it and so it's published by bloomsbury and it's it's also like such a great example of you know how i could have done things in a much shorter time much better uh, in terms of handling this task and how i took so long to do it but these are my struggles and i really want to share it in terms of you know people should not do it uh, like the way i did it in terms of completing it i mean uh, the pr- end product is good of course but uh, the tools and techniques uh, that i used um, could have been more efficient but i wouldn't know it unless i did it this way right so same goes with your podcast and building this like how your last recording you were just telling me before the call you know i could have done this better share that story people love that shit you know <laughs> like they want to they feel related to it and uh, that's such a good idea diksha thank you yeah. so much i have i have a lot i can write like a whole post on <laughs> what went wrong yeah so people love that stuff and i think some people just always feel oh you know when we will have a finished product we are going to do this we are going to post about it no that everybody is going to do but what people want to hear is like what's your journey so this is one like be consistent build in public uh don't think too much about likes and it's a two year game like you're not going to become a influencer overnight i think these clients you know some people come with me like they want me to build a personal brand and they say oh yeah but we want like 10k followers in like 3 months and i'm like sorry that's not going to happen and if you pay to get those followers it's not going to be genuine so it's a long term game like if you want to really work with me for one year to build your personal brand um you need to trust me that this is going to take time and you need to be consistent and uh, not many people are consistent because also they are busy right like we are busy <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm actually like to be honest like when you are telling all of this i'm actually feeling super proud of myself <laughs> that i'm actually able to do this you know because of course like as you're saying we are all working and this is like a passion project that i have and and it does take a lot of effort you know like it's not it looks like it's a simple thing but i feel like there's a lot that goes in and uh, a lot of times so i think this is a very good advice of being consistent because obviously because you're not if you're not seeing the results you know the way you want it to be you might feel like okay it's not working anymore you know like maybe this is not the thing but but maybe you have to still wait a little more and maybe it becomes your thing <laughs> so priyanka there is this book by naval uh, ravikant um he has a very good podcast it's for three and a half hours how to get rich um and generally i think my whole philosophy of life is uh you know around that podcast <laughs> so i really recommend that but um but anyway this podcast why i'm telling you is that he says that it's a 10 year game to become successful at anything so just like calm down you know it's it's like one decade it's going to take you and i think people get very restless and especially with this whole personal brand thing um and i do it uh for like um a lot of people and and i see this kind of like quick results kind of um, attitude you know on on that but it's it's people uh, for people to trust you and have a genuine following it's it's going to take time unless you are making like tiktok videos which is 
different you know so yeah, small content yeah 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 i think i i was i don't know like i was talking to a few of my friends last week and basically we discussed this, this idea where um who's this um i'm forgetting the name of the racer he's an f1 racer you know and on the day when he reti- he was basically announcing his retirement his announcement of the retirement was his first post on instagram and he instantly had like i don't know more than 1 million followers also because i mean he has he is at the zenith of you know like of how success looks like in general you know so of course people will follow him and because it's the last announcement post and now people want to know okay what are you going to do now you know so there is this one way where you're already like super super you know like popular and known and you're in an, in a business or industry where you know you have that presence and then you start your social media content and then of course like people will automatically just come to you or the other way is being consistent constantly delivering and then you know you it's like bottom up approach so you basically become that yes yes eventually true and i think it should be like a secondary thing you know like followers uh the it's it should just be an outcome um and it, yeah but that's just me right no no i totally agree i think if if um, like this is also my personal uh, opinion so i mean if anybody has a different opinion i'm not questioning or anything but basically i feel like if i focus start focusing on you know how many followers i have i feel like i'll be stressed because i mean it's not something that i want to chase you know what i want to chase though is that i'm creating content for let's say young professionals as i mentioned and you know like if somebody comes and tells me priyanka because of your podcast you know i got into this particular profession and i'm really enjoying it i would be like the happiest person on that day because i'd be like okay somebody has benefited from my podcast so For I think sure. that is what yeah. I would choose, and uh, yeah, if that happens, I, I'll be very happy. And yeah, yeah, and that's the right way to do it, right? I think just enjoy it and just enjoy this journey. And there's also this another YouTuber I was w- listening to her story. So she's like, it. Uh, I think now she makes what like four hundred k a year from her YouTube channel, but it took her ten years, you know. So she says, like, first eight years, it was. nothing was happening nothing was happening and then it suddenly picked up and she doesn't know why wow <laughs> could you i mean can you also tell the name of the person so i yeah, 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 for the sure. so actually i saw her um i saw her interview on this podcast called how to get rich so mm. that's okay. where she was interviewed i think the and next steps are listening to the podcast <laughs> how to get rich and um every everything that we are talking about for our listeners everything we are talking about is going to be a part of the description so you can find all the links over there so anything that you want to you know like listen to after this um just feel free to yeah follow it and and of course like i'll link you as well diksha um your linkedin profile and your podcast um so anybody who's interested to like know more about web3 or i would also say like no more about you know just being a positive person just reach out to diksha directly and um yeah i mean that's my suggestion oh thank you <laughs> i took thank the liberty <laughs> yes thanks so much and i'm glad we could um we could uh, schedule this you know after some initial hiccups but yeah 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 no i'm super happy that we had this conversation i think this is like the i would say one of the best things that happened this week so thank you so much for your time like really thank really you. thank you <laughs> and it was a pleasure yeah a uh, pleasure from my side too